Hello and welcome back to Fitness Behind the Filter. Today I have Hannah Wares with me. Um, so Hannah, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, um, I'm Hannah. I have been competing for three years. Um, Did I say your name right? Yes. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> it's like wares as in any type of wares. Yeah. Spelt homewares, like the section in the supermarket just know. wanted to double check that pots and pans um yeah so I've been competing for three years and um, I work in IT outside of this industry I've competed with UK BFF two bros and PCA thank you so what do you actually do with IT um I work well I was uh, and like an account manager for a very long time used to be a project manager um, in software and now I run a support desk um, for a software company which is very new to me it's good but it's a challenge but yeah it's a completely different challenge to what I what I do for bodybuilding I was gonna say I had no idea you did that I knew you didn't work in the industry so to speak mm -hmm. I didn't know you did IT mm. so what got you into competing in the first place so I started with like one of those online six week things with a group of women um on like a facebook group and i really enjoyed learning about weightlifting and things like that um and then i took wanted to take it a little bit more seriously i lost a fair bit of weight i really did not like my body when i was younger um i was quite chunky when i was a teenager then lost the weight with this six week thing i did like four of them i think um and then wanted to take it a little bit more seriously. Um, and I said to my friend's brother, who's a PT, can you just get me as lean as you can? I just want to see what's underneath because I've never dieted down to that extent. And then he put me on keto and I knew better. But I, and I challenged him and I said, well, why are you taking my carbs away? Carbs, you need them. Uh, and he was like, no, do as I say. So I did. Uh, six weeks in, I was killing myself with hit three times a week, uh, an hour of cardio every day before work fasted, training five, six days a week. And I'd only lost two kilos. And it just, yeah, and I lost that in like water weight in the first couple of weeks. And my coach now that I've been with the whole time kept seeing me in the gym and he was like, you're killing yourself. <laughs> Why? Like, I can do this. I can help you. Please let me help you. Um, and I said, look, let me just stay with this guy for a little bit longer. I want to respect him. But if nothing changes in the next two weeks, I'll come work with you. And obviously nothing changed. Um, and then at the end of March 2018, I started with him and I just said, yeah, let's, let's just see how lean we can get me. Um, ended up booking a photo shoot with Matt Marsh for the August and the day of my photo shoot, my coach went to me, look, there's a competition in three weeks. Um, you can use like Emily, who's one of his friends. You can use her bikini and her shoes. Do you want to do it? And everyone had been saying to me, like, you're definitely prepping for a show, aren't you? Like, you're, you're going to do a bikini show. And I was like, no, I'm no, I'm not good enough for that. Like, have you seen those girls? Um, and then he was like, just do it. What's what's to lose? Um, and back in the day, UK BFF, it wasn't that expensive. And I was borrowing a bikini. So I was like, fuck it. We'll just go for it. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely loved it. Like stepped out on that stage and the feeling was like, I just felt like a completely different person. And it just felt absolutely unreal. And then I was hooked. Completely hooked. <laughs> so how long had you been training before you did your first show? First time I stepped in the gym, I was like 20, no, 21. I'd had a boyfriend who, when we broke up, he said to me, you never do anything you say you're going to do. I mean, look at you. You said you were going to join the gym and you didn't. And I was like, all right, fine fine I will then and that's what kick-started it I was like I'm gonna prove you wrong mm -hmm. and it was that whole Khloe Kardashian style revenge body thing before it was hers yeah um and then I just tried to learn a lot and that's when not long after that I started with the it was called six fit um and I just loved 
I felt really awkward as most women do when you first go into the gym and being in that weight section but I just loved being able to look at a weight and I still do now and being able to go like I can lift that Mm. I can do that Um, and surprising people with the fact that you can do something as well I think is quite a nice feeling so yeah it's that was 21 and I was 27 when I first started oh I did my first show so I've been okay. training a long time yeah yeah that's good most people sort of jump in there straight away don't they I just don't think I ever had that belief that I would be good enough mm. so I was just like me do a show are you mad yeah <laughs> I know what you mean so you say you're you, when you stepped on stage you you felt like a different person mm. were you trying to be a different person were you trying to escape something why what was so attractive about being someone that wasn't you I don't know like so I, and and to this day this still stays at that curtain at the side of the stage I'm a wreck like the girls around me that I'm about to go compete against they can see how nervous I am and they're like it's gonna be okay they're like trying to talk me off a ledge yeah, honestly, <laughs> I remember okay. seeing you backstage and you were like not okay with what was going on around honestly you. awful <laughs> um but then like I just step out there and I just feel so calm and I just feel like and I think it's I've, I think it's that whole thing of nothing you do at that point changes it you just get to enjoy that moment and kind of take in everything that you've prepared for for such a long time mm. and I don't even care about the crowd I actually preferred it this year with COVID when there was no one in the audience because it's just like all I want to hear is my coach's voice mm. I don't care about anyone else as long as I can hear him I'm happy and that moment and I get all like goosebumpy now like it's just like I feel so happy in that moment that I'm doing my thing and it's written all over my face. Like the smile on stage is unreal. I don't know what it is. I just love it. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, so what would you say are your highs? Obviously, I'm guessing of, of prep and competing, I'm guessing it is the show day for you. Um, yeah, I do love that that show day thing. I think the whole... I think there's two sides to it with with the highs. I think for me, I've met some of the most incredible people through this industry, not just like bikini girls, but like people that I would have been scared to approach, like big old bodybuilders. And actually, they're some of my closest friends now. Mm. Um, And I love that aspect of it. I love the community. But the show day is incredible. And like backstage, at first I didn't feel it because I didn't know anyone but now going backstage being like three years deep when you see someone that you've been chatting to on Instagram for six months and then you're like oh my god how are you yeah (laughs) and then you're all like force feeding each other sweets afterwards and that celebration and and maybe I'm so fond of it because I have done so well that I only have good memories Mm. but that's definitely yeah that there's nothing quite like that buzz for me Oh, that's lovely. And what would you say are the lows for competing with you? Um, I actually got asked this on a um, video thing that I did uh, a few weeks back. And it's like, I remember this day like it was yesterday. I was, it was my second season and it was my qualifier in between the British. There was a seven week gap from the Kent Classic to the Brits and I was driving home one day from work and I was in the car and my metabolism after my show that year fired like crazy we couldn't keep the weight on so I went and I had some food and that and I put on two kilos in two days um and then which wasn't a lot and then within four days I'd lost three kilos but I hadn't checked in post-show for a few days um but I just, I was so hungry. I was so unbelievably hungry and I didn't know why. And I was in the car and I called my mum and I just cried like so hard because I was like, I can't explain to you how hungry I am. And she laughed at me. 
And I just in like I was crying my eyes out and I just went to her, you have no idea and you will never ever understand how hungry I am right now. Like if you're hungry, you will pick up an apple. You'll eat that apple. You'll feel better. You might still be hungry, but that's going to cut that off for you. I said, I can't even have some extra veg. I'm so hungry that I felt sick. I hadn't slept in three days. Like I'd been up all night. My entire body hurt. I was like retching from where I was so hungry, but nothing came out. Mm. And that's when I think checked in the next day and we realized what was going on. And then he fed me up loads, but it's never happened since, thankfully. But that was absolutely like the worst moment in three years by far. Mm. It, I've, I've had one of those moments and I was literally like, like you, I was in tears and my mum was like, just eat something, just eat something. And I'm like, I can't. And I didn't know yeah. what to do with myself. And I was literally like bawling on the floor. Like, I actually feel like I'm actually going to yeah. die. Like I could actually and that, die. Yeah. And with that, like the worst thing about it is I think at times that's when you hear about some people not just girls, but some people breaking on prep. Mm. And then you get someone else that goes, oh, it's not that hard. You just don't, don't like cheat or whatever. But until you've been in that situation where you are absolutely on the edge of your sanity, you physically hurt and you can't get past that. I, I wouldn't blame anyone if they felt like I did that day. Mm. I wouldn't blame anyone for breaking. Mm. it was just horrific there's nothing you can think about is there except no. for that that pain of hunger mm. I, I I went hypo as well um mm. at that time and my whole jaw was just clenched and I was shaking like a leaf mm. and it was in my first prep and now I think I'd know what it was but then I didn't know what being mm. hypo meant but now I realized like my heart was racing and like everything it was and, oh my god it was awful Hypos um, are scary. They're a bit like um, anxiety attacks mm, or panic attacks. They're horrific. Yeah. So that, it was just like, like you say, horrendous. Mm. Um, so in terms of like prep versus off, off season, et cetera, do you have a preferred one? I don't think so. I really had to think about that for a second then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like everyone loves the social aspect of, um, off season mm-hmm. but I I find a lot of I socialize a lot at the gym mm-hmm. so whether I'm in prep or off season I make quite an effort to like talk to people at the gym not during my session but like if before or after I get quite a lot of socially out of that um, and I try which I found difficult in my first year of competing but in the most recent one obviously lockdown aside I tried not to say no so I still did those things I just worked around it and if someone felt uncomfortable by the fact that I had a Tupperware with me I kind of was like well that's you're uncomfortable not me Mm. well if I haven't got a problem with it then why should you Um, but I really like the structure and I stick to a structure in prep and in off season Mm -hmm. so um, up until recently I've always had a meal meal plan for three years um so it's only this year that i've actually started macro tracking but um it's very much the same for me it's just like whether i'm a skull or a moon face (laughs) (laughs) do you do you struggle with that transition do you find that you have like binging tendencies or anything like that or is it just a case of i mean i guess everyone to a certain extent struggles with body image Mm. during that phase but Mm. do you struggle mentally in any other way um i wouldn't say that i regularly binge i wouldn't say i'm in a binge cycle um i'd be lying if i said i haven't binged Mm. so i recently got my cycle back um so i had been on the pill for 10 12 years something like that and then i with lockdown in the first lockdown i couldn't get my prescription so i was just like sod it i'll come off i'm single i'm in a lockdown <laughs> doesn't mm. matter yeah um so i came off and i just never got it back and with obviously prep being included in that um but i've recently got it back and i'd forgotten listening to you and antonia the other day i'd forgotten about like 
prep hormones, uh, sorry, like hunger hormones. Mm. And I was like, I literally sat at my desk the other day and I was like, oh my God, I actually have to eat chocolate right now. (laughs) And I was like, no, I don't. And I was like, no, I actually have to eat this right now. And I didn't even feel bad about it afterwards. But that, I suppose you would consider that a binge because I had um, two like chocolate, well, I had like a chocolate share bar and then a bag of chocolates um, Mm. in probably five minutes. I wasn't even ashamed of myself though but there were times like in my first after my first prep that I swear I just looked around myself on the sofa and there was like five chocolate bar packets and I was like what just happened (laughs) I don't even remember it (laughs) I swear like you just inhale it you don't even taste you're just eating because you're like I can eat this right now and then so my first two preps I gained a lot of weight post both shows um the first one I think most people would because it's new you don't really know what you're doing um and your body's pushing you to eat that food Mm. and because you don't know better you're like this is great I'm eating all the things I wanted to eat the second season um I I gained a lot of weight quickly through like a number of reasons, but I also knew that I had to gain that weight to grow. And I didn't want to waste any time in growing. I wanted to maximize that for as much as I could. And I knew that I was going to hate myself. Like I knew I was going to be in baggy clothes for a long time and I just had to suck it up. Um, Last year was absolutely horrific. I hated myself so much um because of how you looked yeah hated myself i didn't i actually stopped checking in completely um didn't you know people do like throwbacks they're like this was me last year not for me i didn't take any pictures because if i looked at myself in the mirror without clothes on i just cried every time i didn't look at myself for months but you were kept gaining weight or yeah yeah so um I stepped off stage at the UK BFF British finals in 2019 and I remember looking at the pictures and I was just like from the front great but from the back um my glutes were just a shit show like there's just there was no definition back there there wasn't enough tissue really to bring them out and the stage lighting at Nottingham does not help um but I just remember I I came off stage and I said to my coach, I was like, this is never happening to me again. Mm. I was like, I'm putting the work in. I'm not ever going to step off stage feeling like this ever again. Um, And so I trained glutes three, four times a week, heavy, like relentlessly. um, And I ate towards that. And every time I felt like shit, I just thought to myself, "You, you need to do this. So like woman up like get over it Mm. um but it it was yeah it was tough and my food didn't even get that high so like we were talking about before obviously we started recording like food being at three thousand four thousand calories i wasn't i was at like two thousand calories and i was gaining hard i was i got including sort of like off-plan meals or were you not really having them or i don't have that many off-plan meals because my body just holds everything mm-hmm. so when I prep I don't have any at all mm-hmm. towards the end I might have a few refeeds um but in off season my coach doesn't believe in structuring off-plan meals because it puts you in a mindset of like restrictiveness again he wants you mm-hmm. to learn to be social and learn to ex- like enjoy food because you want to have something and not because that's your one opportunity to have that food which is really good. Um, and it means as well that you you kind of have something because you're in a social event rather than going, well, it's Saturday night, I have an off-plan meal, I'm at home, so I'm just going to eat something. Mm. He wants to kind of get away from that, which I think is good. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have that many, although I was dating someone and he was he was very controlling and he just like would bring like three, four donuts home and I was like... I don't I don't want to eat this and then I'd say to him like I don't I don't want to eat donuts and he'd go but I 
I was in London today and I walked for like 20 miles to get you that. And I was like, okay. So you'd eat it and then you'd feel like crap. Um, but yeah, that was, that wasn't an enjoyable uh, off season last year. Oh, bless you. That's horrible. It is. It, and there's a lot of posts going around that sort of say like, oh, how lean should you stay in your off season? And I genuinely don't think there is, like the post says, a right or wrong answer. But as the post does highlight, you will never be as, not as consistent, but you will never get the same results if you are so unhappy with how you look mm. and how you are, in my mm. opinion. Um, I think, I think there's it's... too much of that, like, what should you be or what shouldn't you be? Mm-hmm. Be whatever the hell you want to be. If you want to get chunky in your off-season, get chunky. If you don't, don't. But equally, if you're going to put crap into your body, you're going to look crap when you mm-hmm. come to diet again. If you don't put anything in your body, <laughs> you're not going to grow. You're not going to so, have anything to show for him. Yeah, like, if you don't want to do that, then that's fine. But you're not an athlete. Mm. An athlete fuels their performance so if you're not doing that then that's cool but don't then step on stage next year and be like "Mm, i don't really know what happened what happened was you didn't eat anything Mm. or what happened was you lived on dominoes yeah that's what happened were you in that relationship the whole way through that off season no um so i met him not long after i stepped off stage i think it was like november we started dating and then it was it was like very controlling it was a little bit abusive and i kind of got out of it at the end of february but it took like some really heavy realizations and talking to some people close in my life um to be like that's not normal Mm. um yeah, and then, like, afterwards, I, I kind of realised some stuff about it that was quite quite hard to swallow. I've never really spoken about I've only spoken about with a couple of people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that was tough. I don't, I don't know if he added to it, but I know that I was very unhappy. And part of that was I then would go to the gym with friends to escape, like instead of seeing him i'd be like oh no i've made plans to go to the gym with this person Mm. so i had some good sessions because i was getting out of things yeah um if that makes sense so yeah bittersweet i think possibly i would have had a better off season had i not been in that situation yeah i'm just wondering whether obviously i know that the relationship obviously was not healthy in any way Mm. but do you think that being with someone during an off season when you're gaining weight is beneficial for self-confidence if the relationship is healthy i think it depends on the person as in the person Um, you're with or or who you are yeah yeah no i'd say the person you're with um because if they make you feel good Mm. and if you feel a bit crappy and they turn around and go what do you mean? How do you feel crappy about yourself? You look unreal. Mm. Then that that little boost. But I also think you can get that from different people. I think like the way that your coach speaks to you, the way that your close friends speak to you as well. Um, and that's not just in people that are in the in the industry, but like some of my best friends this year who don't even train don't even have a gym membership have turned around and said to me this is the best you've ever looked Mm. and that is really nice to hear because they they're not involved in it they don't know anything about it and for them to say that is quite powerful so I think it just it definitely depends on that person how they deliver the message whether they find that attractive as well and I think as bikini girls sometimes depending on the the person that you're with if you meet them when you're lean and that's the look that they like, it could be quite hard for them to see it the other way around. Equally, mm. if they meet you when you're in your off season, you're heavy and that's the look that they like. I've been in that situation where I was with someone and I was, I met them when I was heavier. And then by the end of my prep, uh, they wouldn't even hug me because they said I was disgusting. And they said it was horrible how I felt. 
And that was hard to take. And I very much have taken that with me since that, that happened in my first off season. I actually hate my prep body. Mm. And again, as much as I don't look at myself when I'm heavy in the mirror, at the end of prep, I the only time I look at myself is in the gym. Mm. So like I'll get up in the morning, I put my clothes on before I look in the mirror or anything like that because I just think it looks a bit rank. <laughs> mm. Yeah. When you haven't got a pump on, it's not a good look. You look Unless... like anorexic at times. It's just not not a good look. Mm. I mean, yeah. we've seen recently, haven't we? Some girls in the industry have um, had a lot of hate on social media mm. for being lean. And it, they're said to be gr- glamorizing anorexia. And I think that's a lot of that is to do with people's perception of how you look. And they don't really know anything about our situations, but they just make kind of blanket judgments. A hundred percent. And I think actually a lot of that has to do with the person who is looking at that picture and making that decision mm-hmm. um, based on how they feel about themselves or, mm-hmm. you know, feeling triggered if they, if it's mm-hmm. something that they've struggled with previously. Um, and even down to the fact of it being something that some people believe that it's, is un- unobtainable for them. Mm-hmm. They'll put it down because they can't be that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talk about hating your prep body. <laughs> and you hate your off-season body <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we need to address something here <laughs> do you ever like yourself i feel like this is an issue <laughs> i've like for as long as i can remember i have not liked how i look um it's actually the first time in my life at the moment where i hand on heart can say i like my body and it's such a milestone that like every time I check in, yeah, every time I check in I say to my coach, like, yeah, maybe I'm a bit heavier. Maybe I've got more of a belly this week, but you know what? I'm not mad at it. Like I'm okay with it. This is, this is all right for me. But I think a lot of that, like I reversed more strictly this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually say out loud where I make a point of getting up and looking in the mirror, like when I go brush my teeth or whatever it is. And I go, okay, you actually look all right. Mm. And I say it out loud, whether, in, and I try and focus on the good things. So instead of going, hmm, I've got a bit of a belly this morning, Hannah, I'm like, okay, actually, I can see a little bit of a cap there or okay, my bum looks bigger. Instead of going, mm. oh, it's probably just fat. And like, I did have a few good leg sessions. So maybe it's, it's a bit of tissue. I don't know. Yeah. And I try and look at the people around me as well, which is something I said um, recently to a few people was, look at the girls in the supermarket. Like we don't go anywhere else at the moment. So look at the women around you and like, do you look like them? No like you've as bodybuilders we have more tissue so like a perfect example is i look at women on like tv and in the supermarket and stuff and i'm like where are their shoulders that's weird mm. to me you haven't got a shoder and what where yeah. is that where's the definition of your arm at all um so i stopped going god i like my arms look so big because obviously once we've got muscle underneath then we put the fat on top they just look huge mm. and then someone will go to you all right dench and you're like oh cheers for that yeah but i'd rather have big arms because there's muscle under there than like spaghetti arms yeah i'd much rather that and so that's the way i've been kind of talking to myself okay positive so you... affirmations very very keen on those mm. Do you find that you can be positive about yourself without comparing yourself to someone else in terms of like not having spaghetti arms, blah, 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 blah. Um, probably not. I am the worst for comparing myself to others. I have this really bad habit as well of (laughs) if someone says they don't like something about themselves or they feel bad about themselves, I will put myself down so hard to make them feel better. 
yeah i'm terrible for it they're like oh well i just feel a bit like water in my midsection and i'm like honey if you saw me i'm like a hippo right now people be asking me if i'm pregnant like i'm i will put and i'll show them pictures of me at my absolute worst to be like you don't look like me so you're good Mm. like i'll put myself you down yeah so hard and that was something i did a lot last year and i'm trying not to do so much this year Mm -hmm. so instead of going you look so good it could be worse you look like me i just stop at you look so good yeah but it's something i've really had to consciously try to do Mm. that's interesting that's interesting do you feel like competing has differed the way you look at yourself Mm. negatively no i think what we do i think outsiders think we're arrogant and we are narcissists but i think that every aspect of what we do is about how we look and we're constantly whether you're in the gym and you're performing an exercise and you're checking your form in the mirror or you're recording an exercise and re-watching it back to correct it or whether you're checking in two three times a week you're constantly analyzing lifts weight reps form like new lines coming through whether you've grown measurements like everything is so analytical that you're forced to look at that i think it can be a bad thing it definitely got me into a bad place but if i look back on what i was like at school i was equally as critical if not more so but just more generally critical Mm. so instead of being like i don't like this part of my body i'd be like i hate everything yeah interesting yeah like you said you've all as you said at the beginning you know you've always hated your body Mm. i just wonder whether you thought that that was exacerbated by competing or actually is it's bettered that relationship essentially i think in the long run it's bettered it but like if i break it down over the years it's just made me so super or hyper critical of every little thing Mm. which as you say can be a bad thing and can be a good thing Mm. depends on what context Mm. um so you touched briefly on your experiences with reverse dieting and you said you reverse a lot better this time Mm -hmm. what do you feel like changed that I made the decision before my show, my last show, and I said to my coach, I was like, I'm reversing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I am reversing. I want you to have everything ready for me when I finish. Not like hand take a few days, let's chill out. I'll take the few days, but I want you to be on it. I want you to be on my back. I want to check in twice a week. I want you to overanalyze everything and watch me like a child Mm. because I was like, I cannot get to the position where I hate myself that much again. Yeah. I can't do that to myself again. Um, So was that because you poorly reversed? I just didn't even bother. Like I had taken that like post prep, party vibe too far and I was like I'm gonna eat until my heart's content and I had just I took the attitude which I think a lot of us do of I've deprived myself for so long I'm not gonna do that again Mm -hmm. I want to enjoy these things I'm hungry so I'm going to enjoy them whereas this year I was like you've been hungry for a long time Hannah it's not gonna kill you to be a little bit hungry for a little bit longer and what I kind of found was the positive reinforcement of okay, you've reversed well this week. I'm going to give you more food. I was like, that was a new type of thrill for me. Mm. Kind of like the prep thrill of when you you do well losing weight in a week, you check in and they don't take something away from you. You're like, get in. I'm, I'm yeah. all right for another week. I'm <laughs> safe. <laughs> I had the same thing with reversing, but like, you've done well this week. I'm going to give you more oats. And I was like, come on, man, we're doing this. Yeah. And then so in think- turn... You feel less hungry because you're eating the right things. Yeah. You're less likely to eat shite. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, shit food doesn't fill you up. No. 
Whereas like, and that was another thing I did differently, which um, we talked about again, me and my coach. And, and he said to me, if you are hungry, if you are really, really hungry, tell me and we will feed you. Mm. Don't just reach for something. So there were a couple of nights where I was like, I have stuck to my plan today, but um, I'm, I'm really hungry. Mm. Um, and he was like, okay, well, have a bowl of oats, have 20 grams of oats. And then I'd go to bed full and felt okay about it. Yeah. Whereas I think, yeah, I think that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I get what you mean by that. Um, so in terms of getting to the point where you were in terms of your weight, what was the weight difference in that, that off-season that you were talking about? Um, <laughs> sorry, my camera keeps going. I really don't know why. Um, so I seem to get lighter on stage every year and I don't really know why um I think I was 45 45 or 45 and a half and then I went up to 57.6 it was like 12 13 kilos I think in the end okay well that's pretty normal I'd say wow yeah I think for some reason, and I don't know why, but the more people I've spoken to, the more people seem to say like, um, yeah, like 10 kilos is normal. Mm. And I'm like, who decides 10 kilos is normal? Why is, why is it 10? Yeah, someone along the line decided to coin that, didn't they? Yeah, why 10? Who chose that? I know. I want to um, have a chat with them. <laughs> Stop Very saying true. 10 because anyone that gets to 11, you just feel a total failure in life. <laughs> Damn it, it happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, do you feel like that was necessary for you to make the progress that you made? Mm, at the time, yes. In hindsight, did I need to get that chunky? Maybe not. I don't know. Mm. I, I did make so much progress in that year that um there was a few people that started like just assuming that I was on Anavar. that was just an assumption like there was a couple of people that kind of just said to me like so will you add Clen in to your to your Anavar when when you start competing <laughs> and I was like hmm um but I think because I just, I do train very, very hard and like I did gain a lot of fat and I, I think I just got to the point where I just looked like a fat girl rather than a girl that trained. Mm -hmm. I yeah. did put on a lot of tissue and I was very, very happy with that. But would, would I? Have you never know, do you? Don't you I? never know unless like you've because you you just don't know how that would happen mm. you don't know if you'd have put that tissue on because mm. you didn't do it that other way mm. so i think i suppose the the thing that will show that will be uh this year um because i've not gained quite as much i mean i might st we've still got time <laughs> <laughs> let's not jinx it <laughs> we still could <laughs> but um yeah maybe this year will be the the tell um will i make as much progress but then to add in other factors which i think girls that are new to the circuit need to remember as well is progress isn't linear like just because you make progress one year the longer we're in this game the harder it is yeah like you don't make the same progress every year and if you're new to it and you're listening to this podcast right now take full advantage of your newbie gains mm -hmm. because they slow down hard and then you're like oh shit like i'm i'm not growing anymore what, why not what's yeah. going on <laughs> talking of people like coming into the industry i think it's really important and it was actually part of the reason why i wanted you on the podcast is to highlight because we see a lot of people and typically the people that you follow on instagram that are bikini athletes are pros mm. Not everyone, but a lot of people are. And you see them staying very, very lean mm. and making good amounts of progress. Mm. And I wanted to highlight that that isn't always normal. And it's equally as normal to put on more body fat than maybe you need to. Like mm -hmm. there is 
so many ways to be normal and it's it's your decision at the end of the day there's no right or wrong to do it and as we were talking about before the podcast a lot of people don't realize how many pros are on gear yeah but that's the thing though like i mean just think about the way that you phrased that you said normal like five times hmm. what is normal yeah is well, normal. That's why I tried because I think that it is not. It is normal to stay lean because a lot of people do it. It's normal to put on a lot of body fat because, like, everything is like there is no normal. Everything that you do can be normal. Our normal is you... dictated by the algorithm. Mm. It's dictated by who gets the most likes, who's like putting out content. Like, I saw something from one of the Olympia girls, and it was like her Olympia glute workout. No, 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 no. She's not got glutes from that workout. Mm. She's done that workout because her glutes can't get any bigger anymore. Yeah. So she's just having to hone them and keep a pump going. Because if they do get bigger, she's then not proportioned enough. But Mm. you'll get new girls that won't necessarily understand that. And they'll go, well, I'm going to do her glute workout because I want glutes like her. Mm -hmm. No, 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 honey. You need to put on some weight and you need to lift some heavy weights. Like that the normal that we see we're we're punishing ourselves so much because like me last year I was looking at other girls going well they've they've gained tissue and they're only like five kilos up from stage weight and and they're eating like four thousand calories and I didn't get that and I was like why am I eating two thousand calories I'm the size of a house and I seem to be training the same as them like what am I doing wrong Oh, right. Now I've been in the industry a little bit longer. That's because they're on gear. Mm. (laughs) Oh, okay. But they don't want to tell you that because then that breaks the illusion and the dream and it makes what they have, which seems unobtainable. It's actually obtainable now because you pop a pill and you're sweet. You'll get that on those less calories. You'll you'll be able to do all those things that they do. Mm. And and these girls as well, like they stay slim for their their sponsorship deals that want them to wear their little crop tops and stuff. And I'm not saying that all girls that stay slim are on gear. I'm not saying that all girls that gain tissue are taking, um, they've taken a helping hand or whatever. But I think we just need to normalize the fact that it happens. It's okay for it to happen, but you're not going to make the same progress as someone that's doing that. Mm. And it's okay that you don't make that progress. But just know that you're not wrong or you're not failing or you're not doing as well as them. Like that, that's okay because everyone's normal, like you say, mm. is different. Yeah. And it's like, what, why do you think that people are so anti-telling them? Because when we were talking before we started the podcast, you used a really good analogy of when people were saying, I'm not on fat burners. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... Run yeah so i think people use really good language around telling their story so you can say i i would never use steroids or i would never use fat burners and you're putting it into that specific group but you could take a fat burner and not be taking a steroid you could be taking a steroid and then claim i would never touch fat burners okay well that's cool you'd never touch fat burners but you are taking anavar it's the illusion of being natty (laughs) yeah like and i think as well like i I, the way i see it at least is one because people don't talk about it it seems taboo Mm. um and two because um in so many sports and this is something i had to talk to my mum about actually so many sports see steroids as cheating but it's only cheating if there is a rule against it Mm -hmm. and in bodybuilding (laughs) on the whole there's no rule against it federations say like we don't um agree with it but you also have a category for 100 kilo bodybuilders (laughs) like come on um so yeah like the way i described it to my mom and this might help people um if they are trying to talk to their family about it i'm very very open with my mum 
and she was asking me if I was on uh, steroids and I said no um, and I explained a couple to her that women take and I was I used Anavar as, an, and as a, an example we actually talked about this over the Christmas dinner table with my dad um, and I explained like some of the side effects that parts of your body will grow and change um, and I think we all know what parts I'm talking about and I did mm-hmm. say the word over over the turkey but we (laughs) won't say that on the podcast (laughs) and my dad was sitting there like oh okay really Um, and I was like there are certain things that you can take to help but they're not illegal I said but my mum sure a runner she runs marathons half marathons and all that and she's also asthmatic and I said to her you use an asthma pump which is a steroid and if you were to go into um, any form of kind of championships or games or whatever and they were drug testing you would have to say up front and get a letter to say you are using a steroid pump and she was like yeah but that's different I was like no it's not Mm. it's a steroid which enhances your performance yeah you might need that because otherwise you might die but you have to talk about that. You have to admit it. Mm. I said, well, if, if I chose to do steroids, I don't have to admit it unless I go to a natural federation. Yeah, of course. And that was the, the thing. So I think there is this idea that it's cheating and it's taboo, but it's not. And you don't get that with men because they're mm. so open about it. And they'll talk about gear like they talk about bloody steak and chips for dinner mm. like it's all just one conversation yeah my, my mum said the same thing she was like we were talking about the fact of how x person looked and y person looked and blah 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 blah. Mm. i said well yeah they're taking gear and she said mm. why don't why don't they get punished for it and i said because it's not because they they presume it's doping as in mm-hmm. you know in the cycle psych- like in cycling or whatever mm. i'm like no it it's it's allowed and mm. it's not illegal yeah sure it's illegal to sell them it's not illegal to take them Mm. and it's not anti the competition and as we both said we have no qualms about about people taking them like you do you hun exactly but you can't pretend like and make other people feel like failures by saying all you need is hard work and dedication yeah I understand that maybe not everyone would, would admit it because, mm. you know, as I said to you, I would never admit it. I would admit it if someone directly asked me, but if I decided to take steroids and someone say, put it on an Instagram question box, if I had done, I would never say, yeah, I have because my 13 year old cousin follows me on Instagram mm-hmm. and I don't want to facilitate that sort of behavior. So mm-hmm. I do, like I said, I understand that not everyone would want to talk about it, but in the same way, you can't say, look, you can stay lean in off season and put on five kilos of muscle mm-hmm. and try and tell me or tell someone else who then puts on 11 kilos of muscle, mm-hmm. of muscle, 11 kilos of like, up from stage weight that they're a failure because they haven't put on five kilos of muscle and they've gone over not being lean Mm. it's about how you deliver that message i think there's a lot of power in saying i'm a natural athlete a lot of power in saying that um i think that people are so uneducated about steroids that people don't want to say that they're on steroids because people think that it's easy yeah if you are on steroids you still have to work fucking hard yeah you have to train hard it doesn't grow you muscle it helps with your recovery so you can train harder essentially like yes think about think about some of the guys you know that are like what i call the weekend warriors (laughs) so they go in there for their chest pump and do a little bit of arms before they go out right Mm -hmm. those ones they take steroids look like a bag of shit Mm. Because they've thought that if they take the steroids and they go and sink 10 pints and they have a kebab on the way home, that that's how you look good. Whereas Mm. actually, we know better and we have, and I'm going to put this on like guys that I know because they're more open about it than girls and say that they eat, like we were saying, they eat until they're force feeding. They train religiously. They don't skip things. They get their sleep and their recovery right. 
but they take gear as well. Mm. And they'd still look really good without the gear because they've nailed everything else. Yeah. And I think it's something that um, JP talks about a lot. Like, before you even entertain taking gear, nail every aspect for, for a long time, not for mm. six months, nail it for years, and then maybe think about kind of adding an extra chemical into the mix yeah but there is no point trying to take a shortcut because a steroid is not a shortcut no yes it's going to enhance how you look and like Mm. you said the guys that do what they do that we're referring to who also would look good without they would Mm. look good they just they probably look like a hollister model as opposed to a freak of nature (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah (laughs) like slightly skinny but also got some shape (laughs) they're the ones that any girl on the street would find attractive and as they most people right wouldn't now, say bodybuilders are attractive. They'd no. be like, oh my God, they're too big. That yeah. Oh God. Yeah. When girls say to you, like girls that are outside of this world, they go, how could you possibly find that attractive? And you're like, <laughs> because they work really hard. Yeah. That work ethic, man. So attractive. Mm. When they're like grinding a rep out and you can see their soul leaving through veins in their forehead, you're like, wow. Oh, you're you're giving it some mm. and that's attractive like yeah. that relentless pursuit I, I wrote a post on it the other day actually like being absolutely relentless in your goal is so attractive mm. I do not understand how you can find someone attractive that comes home from work kicks off their shoes and puts on his tenders for an hour and doesn't do anything mm. what's attractive about that what have you got to talk about what's your goal yeah I completely agree have you, I'm guessing you've dated both sides of the spectrum. I have, yeah. <laughs> pre <laughs> pre um, joining a gym, I would have been one of those girls that was like, why well, I don't want to date a gym guy because I'll never see him. Um, and then I started going to the gym and I was like, where did all these sexy men come from? <laughs> 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 oh, this is where they've been hiding. <laughs> so agree. So how do you think that competing has impacted your life beyond the gym in terms of things like dating? Do you feel like it's hindered or anything like that in terms of like when you're prepping? Obviously you've said that it changes the sort of person or has changed the sort of person that you find mm-hmm. attractive. But how else has it? think it's very hard to let's break it up into two things dating and being in a relationship Mm -hmm. so I think it is very very hard to find someone new and date in prep um to be in a relationship in prep is a whole nother level of complexity Mm -hmm. and again I think like it comes down to what we were saying earlier on it massively depends on the person um I think you would assume that dating a competitor makes it easier. I don't necessarily think that's always the case. Um, you think, well, they understand how I'm feeling right now and they know what I'm going through, but it doesn't always translate because sometimes they would deal with things better than you would. Maybe they've been competing longer and and they're better at processing those feelings and thoughts and maybe they've mastered that snappiness, you know, like when you, you just like someone breathes too heavy and you're like, my God, I'm going to kill you. Like they've mastered that take 10 seconds and it's fine. They're just breathing, which I've got to now. But like in the first couple of years, I, I really, really struggled with. Um, so, yeah, I think I, like absolutely hands down. Well done to people that can hold down a relationship because not only are you not able to do the same thing socially you would but you're also tired all the time you're snappy you can't you you, more time is taken up with cardio and steps and meal prepping and on top of that it doesn't happen to me but i know it happens to a lot of people um your sex drive dies like a lot of girls just i mean i have a lot of male friends and they're like she's She's not interested at all. Me? And I, is that how you get? A hundred percent. Mine doesn't go, but I'm just really tired. Mm. Yeah, so, there's that. You can't be asked because the thought of expending any more energy 
by doing anything it just kills you but also you could probably wave a willy in front of me and i just would be like meh <laughs> you're like oh that okay cool <laughs> <laughs> like just nothing literally nothing and i was talking to one of my friends and and her boyfriend um was trying to do something really nice for her birthday and she was sort of probably about a month out um and it just wasn't wasn't working there was just mm. nothing like she was like dry as the Sahara desert like mm. it was she just couldn't do anything about that and so yeah I feel I think... sorry for people that lose it because that's like that's probably the toughest part because you, <laughs> you can't do the dating and you might run out of time and all this sort of stuff but that's one thing if you've got time for you can do mm. but if you have absolutely no desire that's also so tough on your other mm. half because yeah. like how how must it feel for someone to to physically see that they can't turn you on mm. that that's I never thought of it like that as well yeah like i just I, I feel sorry for people like that i've had conversations with guys when they're just like she's not interested and like I, there's nothing i can do like does she not fancy me and i'm like no 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 it's not it's not that I've even the guys I was talking to one of my male friends and we were talking about the fact that he has very commonly dated girls that aren't within the industry mm. um, and he competes. And he said, I said, how does that like all go? And he said, at the beginning of every prep, I tell them at four weeks out, mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to have sex with you. And mm-hmm. it's not personal. It's not because you're unattractive. It's me. I said, and how do they take it personally? Every mm. single time. They're like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with me? And he's mm-hmm. like, nothing. It's not you. It's me. That old chestnut. I think but... Do you know what? For the blokes, though, maybe it's arguably harder the other way around because a bloke getting turned on is so physical that a girl not getting turned on, I mean, you can still do it, like, whatever. But a guy not getting turned on, the sex just isn't going to happen. Mm. And I have male friends that will they'll text me and they'll go we're at that point i can't get up i've just tried to have a wank and it's just not happening mm. and i feel so bad for them at that point because i'm like that's that's your man thing isn't it yeah i can't say i've dated a guy that has had that problem um but i know a lot of my male friends have had that problem and all of a sudden <laughs> They'll be like, they'll just text you one day and they're like, God, you look so good right now. And you're like, oh, so it's back then because you're hitting on your friend. So it's got to be back. And they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, I feel better now. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That is like so if you true. find your mates attractive, you, you've got to be back on cycle. And they're like, yeah, I am. How did you know? <laughs> How do you feel like it's affected your work life? Like when you're in the depths of prep? Um, the first year, my, I've changed jobs, um, a couple of times since then, but the first year my boss was like, you were a bitch, like mm. you were horrible to be around. Um, and I actually thanked him for not sacking me. <laughs> and then the second year he said to me, and so did my mum, like, they were like, you're so much better this year. You're handling things a lot better. You're taking that 10 seconds to breathe. And then this year they didn't even know I was prepping. Mm. I mean, with the lockdown, we went into lockdown March 18th, my job did. And then I came back out and went back to work in August. So I was a few weeks out from my show and I walked in and they were like, what happened to you? (laughs) Like, have you lost weight? And I was like, yeah, like two stone. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean, have you lost weight? Yes. I've lost most of my body weight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they said, like, you seem fine. And I was like, yeah, I am actually all right. Mm. Um, but I the think... more you do it, the better you cope 110 Yeah. But it's really hard, like, especially when you work in, um, like, uh, a role, like I used to be an account manager. And when you've got a customer kicking off on the phone to you and your patience is thin, it's really hard to breathe and stop and like Mm. take a step back which i think actually in hindsight because i had to save every ounce of patience for customers and colleagues my friends and family took 
the shit more mm-hmm. because I, by the end of the day, I was so out of patience. Um, so yeah, I think like you say, the more you do it, the easier it gets, but also like living alone <laughs> is in my opinion, the best thing you can do when this you're on the first prep. year I'm going to be living alone. And I feel like <laughs> it's going to be better for everyone involved. <laughs> It's so much better because you actually, when you are getting pissed off with someone, you go, oh, I've got to go home. Mm. (laughs) I've got stuff to do. Whereas if you're living with people, whether it's partners, friends, family, you never escape them. And then you never get that breather. And like, maybe you have to go for a walk Mm. to escape them. And it gets to a point where like the TV will be on so loud downstairs and you're just exhausted and you'll snap at them. And it's like, well, they're watching a movie and it's a horror movie. Of course there's bangs. Like, And actually it's 8.30 at night. It's not ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and you are being really unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I remember once in prep, I just burst into tears. I've, I've gone back home to save my parents for, actually it might be when I moved back in with them. And there was a music festival on and I literally just burst into tears. It was like <laughs> nine o'clock at night. I was like, I just, I just really need this sleep. <laughs> my mum was like, okay. But when I was living with my friends, I felt bad because I just could not be asked to do my washing up. Like, mm. And, you know, do you just get lazy with those sorts of things? I'm like, every ounce of me is doing everything I can. Um, I have to admit, like when I lived at home in my first prep, there were obviously those downsides that we just talked about, but I talk about the washing up. There were times when like my mum would cook me up some chicken or like do my washing up. And honestly, I could have cried for the opposite reason. Mm. Like it was like an Oscar speech. Like I'm I'm so grateful for you right now. You've (laughs) made everything easier today. Or like someone would pick you up, like living on my own. You, you no one's gonna you can't call anyone and say grab me from the train station everything mm. you do is on you you can't mm. say to someone can you pick this up for the shop like mm. so there's more responsibility on yourself so i think there's kind of more stress at times but also you're so much more appreciative like if i go stay with my mom and dad for a couple of days and she washes up my tupperware for me i'm like god you're a hit you are a hero like thank you Mm. she's like it's three tupperwares calm down yeah but it means so much more and you're so much more appreciative of the little things yeah i completely agree i completely Mm. agree well, that's been such a good discussion. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you giving me so much time. Um, just before you leave, I'm going to ask you the questions I ask everyone on the podcast. Yeah. So um, what is one thing that you regret putting on social media um, or regret talking or posting or anything? I knew you were going to ask me this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have like two rules i don't believe in regrets mm-hmm. at all i even if for a second i think oh i wish i hadn't i'm like no 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 no, no. i did that for a reason mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason so i actually don't have any regrets and also my mum follows me on social media and so do my aunties and my like like you say your cousins and that and i say there's nothing that i wouldn't post that I wouldn't be happy for my mum and dad to see. Mm-hmm. So like if I post a picture in my thong, rear shot, lean, my mum is like there hyping me hard. She's like, you go girl. Look, look at those. Yeah. Like <laughs> look at them glutes. Mm. And like my dad, like some people find it weird. Like my dad has pictures of me like on stage on his phone and he'll be like, look out, look at my daughter. And he like shows them because he's proud. So yeah, my rule is don't post it if you wouldn't be okay with like your parents seeing it. And then if anyone else questions it, you can be like, well, my mum and dad like that. So Mm. I don't really care what you think. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have any regrets because I think. That's cool. Yeah. And what's one thing that you didn't post or you didn't talk about that you wish you had? Last year, hating myself so much. Mm-hmm. Because since talking about it this year and how I did hate myself so much last year, the amount of girls that have been in my inbox, like, oh, I felt like that too, or I'm feeling like that now, or 
I didn't know that people kind of got into that point or like people have said some really like gut-wrenching things and I'm like if I had said last year this is me like I hate this but you know what like it's okay then and like if I'd said like I'm not saying hop on your story and cry and all that sort of stuff because I don't believe in that but if if you kind of put it out there and said you know what I've cried four times this week simply from looking in the mirror Mm. if you feel like this you're not alone Mm. because it's mad to think how many girls have felt like that and it's it's sad and probably you would have felt better Mm. getting that response from other people at the time and you going I'm not alone actually Mm. I think as well like keeping accountable I know social media is people see it as like a really bad place but for me posting after show this year and my reverse kept me accountable so anytime I thought about doing something I couldn't hide away from it because Mm -hmm. I told myself and I'd made an agreement that I am going to check in and I am going to post that picture Mm. and it's not just about me it's about not hating myself it's about respecting my coach and respecting his time Mm -hmm. um and like showing people that it can be done so I wish I'd done that last year but again, hindsight, like maybe that was the right thing to do. Maybe if I had done that last year and people had spoken to me about it, maybe I would have pushed my negativity onto them. I don't know. Mm. And maybe actually you would have felt more inclined to do that again this year because mm. you wouldn't have felt quite so bad. Mm. And you would have been like, oh, fuck it. Everyone does this. Everyone feels like this. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do think like, as I say, everything happens for a reason. And whether it's good, bad or whatever, I think we're all designed to learn from things that we do or that happen to us. Mm. So, and I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't be okay with how I look today if I didn't absolutely hate the bones of myself last year. (laughs) Yeah. No, I see that. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Um, No, thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Good, I'm glad. Um, Where can people find you? um on instagram it's just at hannah wears um and it's like <laughs> like we said before we started recording <laughs> home, like the homewares section so where you're gonna go and sainsbury's for your pots and pans and your mugs well i've heard people call you hannah wars but i've always called you hannah wears and then i was suddenly like oh my gosh i've just introduced you on my podcast <laughs> and i might have said your name wrong <laughs> we should have clarified this no, there was a guy actually I knew when I was younger and he called me Hannah Wes, W-E-Z, for like five years because that's <laughs> what he thought my name was. And he was like, you've got such a cool name. And I was like, that's <laughs> not my name. really don't. <laughs> that was before social media was a thing and people knew everyone's actual yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not just their Instagram handles. Yeah. <laughs> God, well, thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. Bye.